God's design for marriage is found in Matthew chapter 19. Jesus said, at the beginning, the creator made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his mother and father and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Welcome to By Design from American Family Radio. Welcome to our new program here on American Family Radio called By Design, where we will discuss all things, all things related to, to, to God's design for marriage. You can visit and find out more about our efforts through articles, podcasts, videos, how we're going to educate and encourage you to build your family and marriage the way God designed it. And you can go to afa.net slash by design. That's afa.net slash by design. And this is our first uh, program for this. We have uh, we came together several months back, and um, Abe Hamilton III, many people, many of our listening audience know about him, uh, are familiar with him and his work. And he just said, look, we want to do a a, um, a post-Obergefell approach to re, um, re-establishing and encouraging and bringing back the beauty of marriage the way God designed it. And so we've got this effort. We're going to have, as I mentioned earlier, articles, podcasts, videos, and anything we can do to promote the beauty of marriage. And um, here today, I have our first guest on this program, Tony Perkins, who is the president of, Amer- of sorry, not American Family Association. <laughs> although yeah, your, your dad might get upset with me. He would. And although um, they do a lot of the same work that we do, and they're friends of ours, uh, Family Research Council, as well as he's the host of Washington. Watch, which comes on AFR 4 p.m. Central Time, but also is on many, many other networks as well. Tell us a little bit about, bit about that. Well, Wesley, thank you so much for the invitation to be with you today. The uh, Washington Watch, actually, we started, uh, your dad and I started uh, doing a program. I, I did, uh, I think, two days a week years ago. He and I did something together and sure. then kind of spun off into a daily program Washington Watch started on AFR. We're now on about 800 stations across the, uh, the, the country, 48 states. And, you know, we're basically bringing that perspective, that Christian perspective from Washington, D.C., helping Christians, those who follow Jesus, those who believe the Bible, how to integrate their faith with their public walk in a culture that is becoming more coarsened and drifting further away from uh, God's design, both for marriage, but uh, in so many other ways Mm. as well. You know, and how important is it for us to have ministries like AFA, Family Research Councils, and a handful of others in in the environment that we live today, both in entertainment, both in politics, but also, as we've seen recently, in the church. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's very important that we have uh, FRC and what you're doing. So um, I'll I'll try to remember this at the end, too. But before we go any further, I want to say thank you for what you do at FRC, and thank you for your staff, too. Well, Because you can't do it without the staff, right? That's absolutely true. And, and the same with American Family Association. Uh, you know, uh, first connected with your grandfather, uh, even before I got involved. Yep. Uh, back when I was actually working in the field of anti-terrorism, mm. uh, read one of your grandfather's books, and uh, little did I know, years later, I would be working with him sure. as we wow. uh, kind of uh, helped lead a group of conservative organizations a decade or so ago. Um, but these groups, these ministries, I call mm. it, they're really ministries. Yeah, that's what they are. They're equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. Amen. They're coming alongside the church, 
Uh, they're not a replacement for the church. They're a support for the church. You did read my Papa's book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's well, what he told me. You know, we're not here to replace no, the church. No, we're not. We're, we're, we're here to here help to, the church. That's right. And and that's why we've communicated to pastors over and over. We're here to help you. We're yes. here to help you in your ministry. We yeah. affirm you in your. That's why we've got about fifteen thousand pastors in our Amen. network. Amen. But it's essential right now as we see the culture. The uh, the cultural elite, those that hold the levers to the entrance of the public square, sure. big tech, mm-hmm. uh, the cable news networks, they have completely pushed out any discussion that would affirm a biblical worldview. Exactly. Yep. And now, this is accelerated uh, with the election of Barack Obama, but then with the redefinition of marriage— uh, it, it even took on a stronger mm-hmm. push. And then with the election of Joe Biden in this push for the LGBTQ, mm-hmm. here, here's the bottom line, Wesley, is that the church is an obstacle yep. for the rewriting nice, of right. society. Yep. It is, this is a deconstruction mm-hmm. of the family. It's a deconstruction of Western civilization, and the church stands in the way. That's why there's such opposition yeah. to biblical truth. Yep. And so uh, just to reset for, our, for those that are listening, over the uh, coming weeks as we produce content for By Design, you're going to see four different hosts. You'll see myself, you'll see Abe Hamilton, Abe Hamilton III, you'll see Meeking Will Addison, and Pastor Bert Harper. All those are AFR familiar voices, and together the four of us are going to produce some uh, content, some audio content, some podcasts for you along the way. So we'll have different guests on. So this is a collaborative effort. With the AFA staff, we all realized we had full-time jobs and full-time missions, but at the same time, we came together and wanted to produce content that would promote the flourishing and the beauty of marriage. So with that said, and thank you, Tony, for being here, we're going to get into a couple questions to help our audience here. So uh, first question is, what is, uh, real quick, we've got uh, three institutions in the Bible we see. We've got marriage, you've got government, and you've got got family, you've got government, and you've got the church. Today, let's. The first question is, how is it, or what role does government have in marriage? Because I, I understand there's differences. Yeah. Some people say government shouldn't be in marriage; they should be out. Right. But the, but they're Christians, but they have that perspective. So yeah, what can well what can we, on that? Uh, you know, I, I used to teach a, uh, a course in a Bible college on on government, on God and government. And when we use the term government, there's really there's uh, there, there's four institutions of government. There's self government which is the foundation for all other governments. Mm -hmm. There's family government, there's civil government, and then there's church government. And they each have their lanes. Sure. uh, With the exception of self-government, nothing works without Mm self-government. But where self-government is learned is in the home. Okay. And so family government Mm -hmm. is essential to a well-balanced society. Mm -hmm. Without the family functioning as the, you know, Department of Education, the Department of uh, the Treasury. I mean, sure. you, you learn economics in the home. You learn how to relate with one another. You mm-hmm. know, as siblings yeah. get along. Like you and your brother work together well here. Obviously, sure. you learned in the home how to get along. But you can't do that effectively mm-hmm. unless you have a mother and a father right. who are married and modeling God's design. Now, let me let me give this caveat because there are going to be some listening. Okay, the reality is we live in a society where there are many broken homes. Okay, yeah, unfortunately, and I, I I've dealt with this a lot. 
20-some years ago, I authored the nation's first covenant marriage law when I was a legislator in Louisiana. Yeah. That's another uh, thing I want you to tell us a little bit about. Well, that, that was actually the first time in over 200 years that our public policy stepped toward a more biblical view of government, where we had been drifting is away from a biblical definition of family and marriage. And that, in 1997, when I passed that, was the first time. So it caught a lot of attention. It was voluntary. People could choose it. It just required premarital counseling, and it required counseling before someone could dissolve a marriage. So it was pretty simple, but it was moving back to the understanding that marriage is essential and it is a lifelong relationship. Mm -hmm. Now, I've done a lot of study on marriage and family and its implications in society. Yes. Now, this is irrefutable. Now, you can have your own opinion, but you can't have your own set of facts. Right. And so what we see is that if if you want to eliminate and eradicate child poverty, here's the best thing to do. Number one, graduate from high school. Yeah. Get married. If you're going to get married, wait until you get married to have children. That's just data. It is. <laughs> yeah. It shows it very clearly. And so if, if, you, if you want to eliminate child poverty, we should encourage marriage. Mm-hmm. Okay? Okay, encourage marriage, but also uh, in this case, what we're talking about today, through government. Right. Right. Well, government should be encouraging marriage. That's what I'm, that's my point. Because yes. what happens is and this is what this is actually what propelled me to do the covenant marriage and the argumentation I used to get it successfully passed through is that when you look at what it's costing us as a society for let's take one aspect incarceration. Mm-hmm. When 70%, over 70% of the male inmates that are in prison today did not have a relationship with a father, didn't even know maybe know their right. father. Yep. That's irrefutable data. Yep. So if we just if we if we look at what it cost us in terms of dollars and in human capital, yep. then all right, let's let's back up. Let's let's reverse engineer this. Mm-hmm. How do we keep from getting here? Well, number one, if we can get boys to grow up in a home with a father right. that is responsible, loves them, loves their mother, mm-hmm. we can almost eliminate mm-hmm. the prospects of them going to prison. Not, yeah. I mean, I, and I'm, that's I'm, a cycle too. That, to point out that, that that once that process begins, it's almost impossible to get out of it without your design that you're presenting. Yeah. If you just leave it alone, it doesn't automatically go back oh, no, the other way. Oh, no, no, no. It gets worse. Yeah. That's why exactly. we're in the third and fourth generations of this uh, occurring. Yep. And, and so you have, and, and, and I've talked talk about, my wife and I were talking about this last weekend, where you now have, you have a number of grandparents raising their great-grandchildren right. yep. because the parents are irresponsible. So we're thinking, what happens to that generation Who's going to raise their children? Now, the good thing is, Wesley, is this is kind of, and I saw this with covenant marriage, is that sometimes if there's enough historical information, and this is why there's this effort to silence this conversation and this Mm -hmm. dialogue, because here's why. One generation will seek to restore what the other, the previous generation threw okay. off. So you, you, we saw this in the uh, in, in the nineties and two thousands, where uh, you know there had been a move away from marriage and family, uh, parents you know neglecting their children. Yep. And and what I found anecdotally in the covenant marriage is that those that selected the covenant marriage were those that came from broken homes because they didn't want to repeat right what they had seen their parents do. Yep, absolutely, and so. Uh, Again, I want to go back to what I started to say earlier. I know we have a lot of divorced families, a lot of broken families, 
and so I've had to be very careful when I talk about Absolutely. this because, yeah. you know, I'm not speaking condemnation, but exactly. if we don't acknowledge yep. that it's not good, we'll never fix it. Exactly. Good point. So here's the thing. God is a God of grace, a God of mercy. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. And all we got to do is go to him and we can find that sure. forgiveness. Now, we don't always, we're not always able to eliminate the consequences of the choices we right. make. That's absolutely correct. Th- yeah. th- that's just part of it. Mm-hmm. But here's the good news. We don't have to walk through it alone. God yeah, exactly. will be with us. He'll give us strength. He'll help us through that. Encourage us. But and you, and our, use our testimony. Absolutely. Yeah. And to, to keep others from doing it. And that's exactly. why we have to acknowledge yeah. that, look, this wasn't the best thing. Mm-hmm. And so first off, in public policy, we have to set a standard. Okay. And we need to be promoting a standard. And even though people don't measure up the standards, standards, we don't always meet the standards, sure. but we have standards to excel towards, yes. to, to try to reach. Mm-hmm. And the ideal environment for a child, mm-hmm. again, this is irrefutable. The social science is out there. The best environment for a child to predict their future economic well-being, their educational achievements, and their future happiness and success in society is that they grow up with a mom and a dad who are married. Amen. So, so therefore, we can agree before we go to the next question that government should encourage marriage as the way God designed it. Well, as the way God designed yeah. it, right. Yeah. And that becomes the tricky part now as, they, as they've redefined marriage. Mm-hmm. And we cannot, we cannot... Um, acquiesce mm-hmm. to the culture's read of the court's redefinition which is what I want to go to next so what are the negative consequences that we've seen from a burger from the Burgerfell decision as it relates to the family well and here's one thing we've got to be uh, very aware of that the consequences of a decision are not immediate I mean, point, think yeah. about think about someone who uh, you know all right, I'm going to step on some toes here. You know, drives through McDonald's every day and gets the uh, the Big Mac, <laughs> large fry, and the Diet Coke. Yeah. I always I always wondered why the Diet why Coke. Why the Diet? Once yeah, you got to that point, right. <laughs> But at 55 and 60, the open heart surgery. Sure. You know, and and these consequences. It didn't happen overnight. Good point. Yeah. It took a while. The same thing is true here. As we have moved, as we move away from God's design, the consequences aren't immediate. But what we will begin to see is that we will see children that suffer the same consequences of those from broken homes. They'll look. God designed children to be born to a male and female. Yep. Children need both. Absolutely. Now, we've seen this again in the social sciences that from uh, a, a mother, there's certain things that are learned. From a father, certain things are learned. And it's boys need their fathers. They need their mothers. Daughters, girls need their mothers. And they also need their fathers. You know, it's for that reason that I really hurt when I see things um, that are outside the mother's control. I know I have coached a baseball team, and one of the boys, their dad passed away in a car wreck, I believe. And so when you see the uh, that, you really feel for them because they want yeah. that. But They're, here, there's a distinction between that, though. Good point. Uh, where when someone um, is, dies from accident, from health issues, whatever— that child does not suffer the consequences of a, a broken marriage because right. that father or mother yep. remains a figure yep. uh, in the life of that child and family. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a distinction that, there. That, and that's important to make, absolutely. So some of the other consequences that we've seen, well, you've pointed out too that the bigger issue here is that we could point to a couple now 
But the, when you talk about Supreme Court decisions, oftentimes it takes several years before you start seeing the negative Results. Well, yeah. I mean, what you're going to see is you're going to see, obviously, individual issues. You're going to see as children are raised by homosexuals more are likely to, to experience gender and sexual disorders, which begins to snowball as we're seeing. Yeah. You know, we're seeing this even now in the latest Gallup data where I think it's uh, roughly 6% of the, the population identifies as uh, LGBTQ. Yeah. Um, but among the millennials, it's 9%. And then you get to the younger generations, it's even higher. I think it's up to like 16%. Now, part of that is environmental because of the, you know, the popular A social trend. media culture. Yeah. Yes. But as you are – here's what happens – as we normalize this relationship and you have children growing up in these relationships and because we're normalizing it and our schools are then being forced to teach it as normal, mm -hmm. it not only affects those children in those same-sex homes, but it affects all children who are exposed to this new um, ideology mm -hmm. that is being pushed throughout our public uh, institutions. You're exactly right. Uh, let me reset here. For those that are wanting more content on by design, you can go to afa.net slash by design. That's afa.net slash by design. You'll find uh, resources that relate to this issue that we're talking about. AFA and AFR want to do everything we can to promote the design that God has given us for marriage and the beauty of it. The mission statement of By Design, it goes like this. By Design's mission is to educate, encourage people to embrace God's design for marriage and family as a fundamental building block for all human civilization and to celebrate the union between one man and one woman as objective institutions that produce human flourishing. That's our goal. That's what we want to accomplish with this radio program. And I'm so grateful that you've joined us this afternoon to listen and be a part of this. Please share this podcast with others uh, that, um, um, that it would benefit them. And so do that for us, please. Next question. What we as Christians should we practically do to uphold and still have to to restore what we've lost by God's design for marriage. So what can we do to restore it, but also what can we do to hold what we got? It's a really good question because oftentimes, you know, we look at what's happening in the culture around us and it's so overwhelming. We just kind of say, oh, we, we, we can't do anything about that. We, we kind of resign ourselves to this um, cultural uh, trend that we see that is moving us to really uh, the abyss uh, is the only way I can describe it. But here's what we can do. Number one, we need to remember what marriage is, what God designed it to be. It's permanent, exclusive, it's sacred, it's complementarian uh, in its nature, and we need to live it out. So it, it begins, don't look next door, don't look across the street, First, look at home, mm -hmm. that we are living marriage by God's design. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm about to celebrate uh, 35 years Amen. Of, awesome. of, of marriage, and I'm still working on it. Yeah. You know, my wife's still working on me. Um, but we've got five children. Uh, two of them are now married. They married this last year in the year of corona. And, you know, so we're—it's it, a lifelong pursuit— but we try to model it as God designed. Doesn't mean we're perfect. Uh, doesn't mean we're gonna not. We won't miss the mark. We will from time to time. 
but we remain committed to that, and then we live it out as an example. But then we also we also hold it up yeah. as an example for society. Yeah, you know, you're exactly right. That reminds me of the place in Scripture where it says, "Be doers of the word." Absolutely, in and James so, chapter one. Absolutely, and that uh, to uh, to your point, it was my conclusion as I was preparing for this program. Going, what can we do? And I was like, well, for one, we can start by. Doing what we're what we what we believe, well, yeah. Doing what we believe. Well, and and again, the social science um, showed that patterns are developed in the home, and they're often repeated. Yeah. From the next generation. Now, I said earlier that oftentimes when people will seek to uh, restore what the previous generation threw off, yeah. but if they don't have the tools. Mm-hmm. If they don't have the conflict resolution tools, oh, yeah, they yeah. don't have the commitment, understanding what commitment is. It's yeah. a covenant. You see, a covenant. Yes. See, God teaches us what a covenant is. And that's why in the New Testament, marriage is the illustration of the relationship between Christ and the church yep. because it's a covenant. It's not a contract. Right. It's yes. a covenant. It's an everlasting covenant. It's not like God's going to wake up one day and walk out on the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he is committed. Yes. In fact, that's why Paul says, "Men, love your wives as Christ loved the church." They give the job bones. That's the commitment. That and that was revolutionary for me when I was. I had only been married a couple years. You know, I had been in the Marine Corps. In fact, when I, we were married, I was in the Marine Corps. I was after that, I was a police officer, and so physical, physically defending my wife was not an issue. I sure. would lay down my life for my wife, my kids. That's not an issue. But that's not what he was saying. Mm. What, what, what Paul was saying, that we're to lay down our desires, our aspirations. You know, Christ left mm. heaven yeah. and took on the form of a human being and came to this earth, lived and died, mm. was buried and resurrected mm. so that we might have a relationship with him. And so as husbands, we... It starts with us. Men, it starts with us. If we want to restore marriage, number one, we have to understand what marriage is. It is sacrificing. It is laying down what we want in a, say, a wife, what the culture has told us a wife should be, and realize what Proverbs says, that a wife is a gift from God. Mm -hmm. And this isn't one of those things where we're re-gifting. Right. You know, exactly. you're not going to send it back when God gave it to you. We have to accept yeah. this this wife as a gift from God. Yeah. We need to take a huge amount of responsibility as men. You know, I've always said, and my dad taught me this, um, that, and that's it. You know, ultimately, if something's not right at the house, ultimately, and I, that doesn't mean that somebody else doesn't have a role to play here, but ultimately, it's you the— You've got to take responsibility. The, yep, the man should take responsibility for whatever's not working. And that's hard. I'm yep. still learning it's it. It's hard. Me too. <laughs> I'm still learning it. I've been married for seven years, going on eight, and I'm still learning that myself. But I, but it's my duty, my responsibility for the spiritual health of my family, and it is for you too if you're the husband. Um, okay, so we got a couple minutes left. I think we've got four or five minutes left here. Let's get to the final question, and this is the best part. This is the whole. This is the ultimate goal of uh, by design effort, and that's to point out what is the the beauty, the good, the encouragement. What are what are what are the why is it that marriage by the way God designed it? Why is it best for all of society? Well, it, again, I can point to the social science and Dr. Pat Fagan, who uh, used to be at FRC with uh, marriage 
and Religion Research Institute. He's off on his own now, but you can Google it, M-A-R-R-I.org. Actually, you don't have to Google it. You can just M-A-R-R-I.org. A, a, a ton of research that shows the effects of marriage on the economy, on education, on crime, on health, on religious participation, uh, and on the family itself. So marriage is irreplaceable. Yep. If, if, if there was one thing we could do, it would be two things I would do. If I, wanted to, if I wanted to turn society around, turn this country around in a decade, this is what I do. Number one, and, and I'm talking only to Christians, okay? Sure, sure. I'm only talking to believers. Okay. Fathers, men, husbands, begin in your home in reading the Word of God. Okay. And begin modeling what marriage should be. And, and begin to speak to your friends and answer the questions that they have about why is your family working? Yeah. And point back to the gospel, point back to the word of God, your commitment to him. And you see, the Christian life lived by God's design is contagious mm-hmm. because it has the answers to life. And Absolutely. that's what people are looking for. You know, and you hear some people say, I've, I've, I've counseled a couple men who's ended up leaving their wife and they say, you know, they point to the... You know, uh, being held down, you not being able to do what you want to do, or whatever, whatever they point to, or, or, or this is a difficulty we're facing. I throw, it rains on the just, the unjust alike. Even if you're not married, those things are still, those problems or whatever are still going to exist in your life. So, uh, yeah. so violating your commitment does not solve problems, right? So to speak. So we've got to remember that. Also, too, I, I said I said this before on the radio that. Who benefits from not committing adultery? Everybody, everybody does. does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the same thing with the rest of the commandments. We everybody benefits from following them. We we, we should probably take it a step f- back further in yeah. that for those that aren't married. Yeah, this because you do sometimes you make poor choices and sure. you have consequences with it. So, mm-hmm. number one, as a as a believer and a parents with your children, help them seek the will of God mm-hmm. as they marry. And in fact. I'll just tell you what we did as a father of five. We did not have dating in our home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we allowed kids to come over and sure. we did pursued more of courtship. And as they got older into college, they did some dating. But it, it was so much different than what my wife and I went through. Yeah. And, and I think when you go through dating, it, it's sometimes conditioning people for broken relationships. Good point. And, and so first off, it, it, I go back to the same thing. Young people, be in the Word of God. Pray, seek. I I remember when I was uh, a a young Lance Corporal in the Marine Corps and and, uh, Camp Pendleton. I had never met my wife at that point. Just praying for that Mm. special uh, woman that God had for me. And it was some years later that I actually met her. But young people, be praying that God would give you a godly spouse. spouse yes, amen. That you can then model God's design for marriage. Yeah, and for me, I took the Proverbs 31 and I laid that out. And those are the specific things I prayed for my for my wife that I have now. And I couldn't do life without my wife and without my two kids too. So uh, thank y'all so much for tuning in to our first ever program for By Design. You can go to afa.net slash by design to be continue to be a part of the uh, listen up and catch up with what's going on tony thank you for being on the program great to be with you thanks so much